Hello. Hello. Good morning. Hark ye, merry. Come all ye faithful. <laughs> uh, on down to, <laughs> to Bob's big lighthouse emporium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us on this foggy, foggy morning. We're listening to the blaring of the foghorns. Where? What, what was that? A fl- foghorn that I heard, or was that like? There was some weird noise coming out of my neighbor's yard. Hi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hi. Um, so we're here to talk about Lighthouse today. Uh, uh, it is a folk something. Gay. It's a romance. It's gay. It's, it's a gay horror story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess let's start off by saying uh, I will try to not use a lot of F slurs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I have the right to, and I will show you my identity card to prove it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely fair. Um, this movie's gay. Uh, yeah. And I think it's important to note here that when we say this movie is gay, I, did you go in knowing it was gay? I went in thinking that people were just like, oh, it's gay because like it's going to be one of those movies where it's like very homosocial, and so it ends up un- unintentionally homoerotic. And then yeah. it was like, oh, no, it's like... Very explicitly homoerotic. I went into it hoping that it was gay, certainly. Um, but I, I, I think that like, it, it was, it was sort of. It, it's not necessarily that it blew my expectations out of the water with uh, how gay it was. It just kind of laterally was um, a different sort of texture of gay, uh, but a um, a really important one. Yeah, I think. I think, and, and um, if you haven't seen it yet. You should go see it. We are going to talk about spoilers. Uh, it is a movie that is very fun to go see blind. Yeah, um, absolutely. Knowing very little. Everyone I, I got to see it, I was like, go see it. Uh, don't look up too much about it. Just know that it's a, it's about a lighthouse. It's um, it's 35 millimeter, like, black and white film. Mm-hmm. And it's... It's an Instagram filter. Instagram filter. It looks uh, like, like what is that? Uh, what is that? The, the, the veranda? Uh, <laughs> is it that filter? It's a uh, fucking mono or whatever you want to call it. Shot, um, shot on iPhone 8. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, Brew, by the way. I'm Jay Bearhat. Yeah. And we uh, like... Woke up like an hour ago. We woke up like two seconds ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am still drinking my morning coffee. Yeah. Um, so when we say that this movie is gay, you should already know, but if you don't, um, we don't mean like they fuck. No, absolutely But... Not. You know. They, they probably want to... They want to fuck. There's, there's, yeah. there's some near fuck. There's, there's a make out. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like an implied accidental makeout, but there's there's a makeout. Yeah. There's and a if, near makeout. If there's any YouTube comments um that I definitely won't read uh about how we're reading too much into it, yeah, that the near makeout I think is kind of what makes it pretty explicit. Yeah. Um but we But there's what, also interviews where they straight up say, like, yeah, no, no, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's supposed yeah. to be gay. Yeah, which I would I would love to kind of unpack those as well. Um because <clears throat> Far, far from being necessarily just gay, I think it's uh, when we talk about things as being gay, um, a lot of a lot of the sort of reactionary Twitter Twitter mind is to say like, but there's homosexual or but there's heterosexual desire in this film as well, so it can't be gay. And maybe it's a bisexual film, which is really uh, it's it's fish pussy that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> fish pussy don't count. Fish pussy don't count. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's one of the rules, like different area code, mm-hmm. uh, balls don't touch. <laughs> uh, if you don't come, and if it's fist pussy, it yeah. doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, it's it's a movie that is more complicatedly about the process of desire, um, 
but it, the homosexual tinges of it are like super crucial and central to it, I think. Yeah. So like, God, this is actually a really dense movie and this is probably one of my favorite movies of the year. Not even because of the, the homosexual content to it, because honestly, that's kind of like, it's a major texture of the film, but it is hardly the primary one. Although the film definitely um, is rife with. So, you know, something I saw on a second, second watch through hmm. uh, all the clocks in the house are shaped like big dicks. That's great. Like literally every clock in the in the house is like a giant like shaft and then like a big base that looks like two balls. Fuck and yeah. like they're they're kind of like abstractly supposed to look like lighthouses, but like you can tell that Robert Eggers was like that one looks like a dick. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> we fucking love art direction. Um but yeah, it, it's it's I like this film is about like desire, it's about isolation, it's about like daddy issues. Mm-hmm. It's about guilt, it's about paranoia it's about abuse it's about gaslighting it's got all the things that the gays love yeah (laughs) absolutely i i only got a chance to watch this one once um which is regretful i i I do want to see it again um i'm a huge fan of the witch uh, the witch fucking rules um and i really liked this movie but jay i'm more excited for you because this is just like jay's food Mm, mm. Even like I, I've had so many friends, like I, I I got got friends to watch it, and like what I love is that everyone I've gotten to watch it texts me like, a it's always like wow that was gay, but also b it's like they always like there's different things to love about the film for each one. Uh, one of yeah. my friends was like the sound design in this movie is like fucking tits off. Yeah, <laughs> the ending scene has like some of the most disturbing like visuals and sound combination that I've seen yeah. in like a film this year. Mm, yeah, just. Uh, and like being able to tell that Robert Pattinson is just like screaming his fucking lungs out and you can barely hear it. But what you can hear, like sounds like a fucking video game you downloaded off the dark web. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like fucking pathologic or something. Yeah. Yeah. I like the trend of filmmakers, uh, having their kind of signature ending shot. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Cause literally, uh, in much the same way, like hereditary and, Midsummer end with kind of this like really strong um sort of I, I can't really think of a movie that's come out recently that was like a really good movie that didn't have like a good like second to last shot that was just someone looking at the camera yeah you know oh. <laughs> uh, it's the it's the that's the that's where cinema is at right now is people uh is is looking back on the audience and <laughs> and going what do you think <laughs> discuss <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Refer to the assignment sheet under your seat. <laughs> mm, it, perhaps the movie is about society. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what happens at the end of Joker, actually. <laughs> just, <laughs> Unfortunately, that one that one disproves your role because Joker just fucking dances again at the end of the goddamn movie. <laughs> He's running around. And then he gets chased like and then. Um, and then the Scooby-Doo sequence happens. This is like the third episode we talked about Joker. I just. Fuck Joker. Anyway. We're not fans. Really, really really good films. Really good, like, a lot of visual. Okay, so there's so much to talk about in this film. Let's talk about the the weird, the the aspect ratio of the movie. Uh, What did you think of the use of the aspect ratio? Um, Because I was really worried that it was going to be a bad gimmick. (laughs) Right, yeah. Like, going in. Like, I, I, I knew, I was hoping it would be a good movie, and I was correct, but I was really worried that if there was one thing I wouldn't like, it would be the aspect ratio. I think if I'm fishing for ways in which it kind of serves the general aesthetic of the movie, I I think that um, the witch the the witch is kind of 
it's this very sort of gender binary comparison between the two movies where like the the witch has all of this perspective that the main character has but she's not really being believed um whereas uh lighthouse kind of seems to talk about this condition of maleness where like you have like how how you're supposed to kind of block out a lot of stuff and be like really laser focused mm. um in in a, in a really sort of visceral kind of like just emotional how your brain works way like i'm just speaking speaking as someone who's been on both sides of the hormonal balance like, <laughs> uh it, it just it just kind of feels like these characters um are it, it's claustrophobic definitely in a way that serves the film um and it, it kind of serves to show that they're being like kind of boxed in literally yeah literally boxed in yeah uh, if we want to go sociology 101 the tough guys the man box yeah. <laughs> the dude box the dude bo- bro yeah a- out man cave in dude box <laughs> <laughs> popularize the dude box bro let's get into the dude box <laughs> i got my bedpans out <laughs> bro, it's not gay <laughs> bro, it's not gay if it's in the dude box it's not gay if we drink lighter fluid cut with honey <laughs> The the way in which Willem Dafoe looks like an excited baby in that scene yeah. as Robert Pattinson is mixing poison, basically, <laughs> like making sweet poison for him to drink. And he just like, he like gives him his cup like, oh, yes, sir, please. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. Yeah. Real fucking powerhouse performances from both of them. Um, but on the aspect ratio note, uh, my my read on it. Well, so one, I, I, I read from an interview where Robert... Robert or Roger? It's Robert, right? Uh, Robert Eggers. Yeah. Robert Eggers is like, good old Bob Eggers. Good is old Bobby. Like, is like, um, basically, because he worked on the script of this film with his brother, where his brother was like, oh yeah, they want me to do a script about a, about like a haunted sea man, lighthouse, whatever. Mm. Uh, and he basically had like the kind of like crystalline visual that like we see a lot in the film, which was uh, the aspect ratio, black and white and kind of foggy looking of just two drunk men like singing sea shanties uh, over like a card over over like a box that they're using as a table. Mm. Uh, so part of that is like that's definitely to fit into the sort of visuals of like ye old film strip movie. Yeah. <laughs> ye old Nickelodeon picture movie. Not that it like matches that aesthetic in literally any other regard. Right. Uh, but I feel like that's sort of like where he started out with the visuals. And I think he just kind of worked him, like kind of worked that in otherwise. Um, but the two things that I like about the visual about that is that one, um, it really emphasizes how small the spaces therein is mm-hmm. and that the quarters they live in are very tiny and close, like to the yeah. extent that one of the first things we see is like Willem Dafoe behind a pillar pissing into a bedpan and the entire room from like the middle where Willem Dafoe is pissing into the bedpan under his bed is like the fits directly into the aspect ratio like perfectly. Nice. Uh, and I like that because it immediately is like, okay, where they sleep together is like no space at all. Uh, yeah. When they're in the when they're in the house, there's no space at all for them to get away from each other. And then even in the fire, farther shirts on the island, I feel like it does a really good job of making the island feel small. Yeah. Because they can't leave the island. And that's like a big theme of the film is that they can't leave the island. There's that one shot where it's like a really far away shot of the island in the ocean. And even though it's a box, the fact that the island is so small and there's so much water surrounding it, like, makes you feel like, oh, they're boxed in by the ocean. Um, I I like it because it contributes to not just the claustrophobia of, like, masculinity or whatever. 
it also contributes to the like the thing or alien style claustrophobia where yeah. it's like you're not claustrophobic it's not you're trapped because of a small space you're trapped because you can't go anywhere past a certain point because space the antarctic an island in the middle of the fucking ocean <laughs> yeah absolutely um, and also and this is something i noticed more on my second watch that he does really well with this movie is that the edges of the film are almost always are like really dark a lot of times so you'll like forget that the, it, that the aspect mm. ratio is that small because there will be shots where like as you get to the edges it kind of fades to black a little so it makes that darkness like feel like it's just stretching out for the whole film damn and there's there's a couple shots that like he definitely uses that to like really intentional effect where like he knows that people are gonna be watching this in widescreen or on widescreen so he knows that like your eyes are gonna process that as just like a huge encroaching darkness surrounding Robert Pattinson's face yeah, I'd I'd have to watch it again to get a further to get a further sense of it, but I I absolutely feel that um, where like not only was the aspect ratio not necessarily it, it didn't like distract me during the movie at all it was it was fine, uh, but I I definitely did feel uh, some moments where I was like losing track of where the actual border of the screen was. Yeah, no, that's that's um, that's exactly what I noticed. So I was like, wait, where's the where's the edge of frame here? And it's yeah. because the edges are so darkened that like you can't differentiate them between them and the black space on either side. That's interesting. I mean, it's kind of nice thematically. I mean, it shows it kind of the 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 nothingness of the world and of the elements kind of is in, encroach. It, it like is encroaching on them and and tapping my head like ah big brain moment. Yeah. It creates the visual effect as if a spotlight. Yeah. Was what was the only thing lighting the characters in any given scene. Ugh. I yeah. It's it's so many... it's, it, it's such a. There is a reason why it's one of my favorite movies and why, like, I literally would probably see it a third time this month if, like, some friends of mine hadn't seen it and would only go if I went with them. <laughs> right. Because uh, it's just such a such a textured, layered film. And having watched it once, uh, the second time it goes by a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's not a very long movie. And you it, it only feels long the first time you watch it because you're not really sure where everything's going. Yeah. Uh, and two... You can actually understand what the fuck they're saying on a second watch because you're not spending the whole movie being like trying to figure out what they're saying. Yeah. So you're like, okay, in this scene, he's telling him this. So I kind of know what he's saying. So now I can just focus on translating individual words. There are still lines in that movie where I'm just like, what the fuck did Robert Pattinson just say? <laughs> yeah, there even even like past their like goofy weird accent, the like short sh- longshoreman accents, like. They are just kind of like these drunk babbling, like goofy guys who are constantly going off at each other, gutturally yelling at each other. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of lines where it's like this. This is a movie where like I can't wait for it to be on DVD or some streaming app so I can watch it with subtitles because like there's mm-hmm. just so many like okay so sorry I'm I'm hopping around a lot. This is a very exciting film. Something I didn't catch on the first walkthrough because drunk babbling accent. Um, <laughs> So the big twist of the film, or one of the twists of the film, which is that um, Winslow isn't Winslow. He's a man named Tom. Yeah. Or Tommy, who killed a man named Winslow, who either killed or watched a man named Winslow die and didn't stop it. Um, and has a lot of guilt about it, but stole his identity, essentially, to have a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, in You know the, the, the very famous scene where they're like in that compartments and he just goes, what? What? And they just go, what? Yeah. And what? Back and forth. What prompts that 
is that Robert Pattinson is drunk and babbling about his old job. And one of the things he says is like Foreman Winslow just like giving me shit. Fuck that guy. And then Willem Dafoe goes Winslow. And Robert Pattinson just goes like, yeah, yeah, fuck Winslow. And then he goes, Winslow. And Robert Pattinson goes like, what? And then there's a pause. And then he goes, and then Willem Dafoe like goes, what? And then Robert Pattinson goes, what? And then that's what starts it. Is that early on in the film, like way before that confession, Rob, uh, Willem Dafoe's character realizes that like you're not Winslow, you're someone else pretending to be Winslow. Holy shit! That and it adds such another layer to like the the amount of deception that like Willem Dafoe's character provides to this person is that very early on it's very obvious that he's like, oh, you basically just let it slip that like Winslow is somebody else and that you stole someone's identity. <laughs> Shit. I yeah, I totally I totally didn't catch that. I was loving all the drunk babbling though. But yeah, yeah I, a lot of a lot of the sort of plot details that are like that. That's fucking interesting. I also will I also will fully disclose that like as much as I love the movie, the the when I watched it, I was like stepping out of the theater to blow my nose because I was actively sick. Oh, yeah. Should we tell that story about what else happened at our theater? Yes. So <laughs> we went and saw The Lighthouse of a bunch of friends, and a bunch of us were sitting in, like, mid-front row area. Yeah. It's a smallish theater. Yeah. It's about I... as big as the aspect ratio. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Baru got up a couple times because, like, you were getting over a cold, and so yeah. she was blowing her nose. And near the last act of the film, I was like, fuck, is she in the bathroom? Uh, and then as we were leaving, you were, uh, asked you, was like, hey, you saw these scenes. You're like, oh, yeah, I was just in the back of the theater. And then. <laughs> and um, so I, yeah, I, I had, I had like gotten up to blow my nose a thousand different fucking times. And so I just kind of like sat by the exit. And of course, um, there was a couple in the back row uh, who were. Uh, a straight couple. Let's be a, clear. A heterosexual couple who were um, as uh, the, the. Uh, as the layman might say, uh, off the shits. Uh, and they were trying their hardest to fuck during during the lighthouse. Um, and our friend Mia uh, put it best. Uh, if they nutted, they deserve to be LGBT. Yeah, if they nutted, they, they're no longer a straight couple. They yeah, are yeah. a gay couple. <laughs> they, they, they deserve all of the benefits of being queer. Uh, and the best part was as we were walking out, I desperately wanted to hear what the other audience thought of this. Because like the audience was like a lot of like very clear. Like, the theater that we go to, I love because it's like kind of an art house theater. It's like 21 plus only and they show a lot yeah. of like art- it's still, artists But it's still like films. a USA chain. Yeah, but like... it's still an AMC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I will come out of like, we went and saw High Life and I had the same thing where it's like, I would walk out of it. There are people who were just like mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I walked out of that and it was just like hearing people be like, what? Like <laughs> just like so confused and upset at the film. But I'm pretty sure it was that straight couple because they had that that air to them. Uh-huh. I, I I heard the 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 guy go like, "So what'd you think of the movie, babe?" Uh, and she just goes like, "Oh, I thought it was okay." She's like, "Oh, it was pretty good." What happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a moment where like I was sitting ne- I was sitting near them, not like next to them, but like nearish. Um, and their their foots going into your popcorn. You're like, come on, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some shit like that. And and. Uh, the point at which the mermaid shows up on the beach and um, Robert Pattinson's character, uh, Winslow, a.k.a. Tom, is, like, kind of pushing, like, seaweed off of her face. Uh, and I heard to the left of me, like, oh, who is that? 
<laughs> that was also great with that crowd was just hearing a lot of people just be like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Oh my God, babe. What's happening? I don't know what was that. <laughs> I desperately need to know what their reaction was to the scene where Robert Pattinson uh, spills his beans and then is running down the beach, finds the body of actual Winslow, turns it around, and it's Robert Pattinson. And then we get a shot of Robert Pattinson, Robert Pattinson, and a fully nude Willem Dafoe with light projecting out of his face. Yes. Like, I That's, desperately need to know what they thought of that scene. That shot knocked me on my fucking ass, That is Oh, that shot is so gorgeous. So, like... I love this movie because it is also a pee-pee-poo-poo movie, but it has so many gorgeous shots in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's a slapstick movie, but about intimacy, like, it's, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, it, it's, it's, um, we, we talked about this, I think, yesterday. We might have been talking about during Parasite or after, but it was, uh, it's something where it's, like, the, the movies that are, like, my, like, fun popcorn movies are, like, this yeah. Where it's like a very dense, very artistically minded film. But it's like the, you read it. You read an interview of Robert Eggers and he talks about like, oh, me and my brother wrote a real dumb, stupid fart movie. Uh, but there was like originally in the draft, it was going to end with Robert Pattinson growing a beard out and putting on Willem Dafoe's clothes. And we decided that that was too stupid. <laughs> We were like, fuck that, fuck that. Uh, and then he goes, he's like, we hope whatever, like, we hope what we left in the film isn't that stupid. Like, it's it's <laughs> such a, like, it's such a, like, delightfully, like, you made a very, like, intelligent, interesting, compelling movie that shows, like, a real craftsmanship, like, real love of the craftsmanship of filmmaking. Yeah. And your response to it is just like, yeah, I cut this scene because it was real fucking stupid. Uh, <laughs> I hope what is in the movie isn't as stupid, but it's pretty stupid still. I, I, I like to ascribe to the idea of, like, Kind of, uh, uh, certainly, certainly Bob Eggers and his, his uh, brother, uh, who who he wrote the movie with, Max. Um, like, I, I think that they definitely, like, know what they're making. Yeah. Um, because it's, like, a really strong, it's really strong as far as its visuals and as far as just, like, it's just a really strong and sound piece. And I think that they're really good, like, write, at writing and Robert Eggers is really good at directing. Um and I, I, I like the fantasy world where they, like, don't really know what they're making. Yeah. <laughs> or, or like, in the way that, like, weird weirdo creatives yeah. kind of operate. No, I, I, I love the... I, I like it just because it's, like, a very... It, it kind of... I think it's why we like their movies so much is it kind of echoes the sort of ethos we have of, like, mm. anti-autorship. Where it's, yeah. like, movies are happy accidents. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, good job making a movie, I guess. <laughs> exactly. It's, like, it, oh, it came together with fucking tape. Yeah. Or whatever. Like, and and like, I love just... movies. I love just that approach of just being, like, you know, yeah, we wrote this artistic movie and whatever. But we also wrote a scene where Robert Pattinson throws shit into the wind and it literally blows into his own face. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, both a heavy-handed metaphor for what he does in the film and also is just like yeah we had a scene where robert pattison gets poo poo on his face and screams <laughs> yeah i and and i i just yeah i like the sort of david lynchian idea of like asking robert eggers like what what he might compare this movie to and being like um i don't know uh jaws <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i think that i think that is like filmmaking in a, in a weird way where it's i don't know it's all the same shit yeah. No, I mean, like, it's, it's, that's, that is, that is to me, like, a good approach to art is to realize that, like, ultimately what you're making is bullshit and lies. Yeah. <laughs> you're li like, Robert, I don't believe Robert Pattinson is a longshoreman. 
but I like what you're saying when you make him pretend to do that. I do like that Robert, you got you convinced Robert Pattinson, or he volunteered to, who knows, uh, <laughs> for all the scenes where he's shit-faced wasted, to actually get shit-faced wasted, because I didn't know that on the first watch. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, he did a really, like, he really captured the body language of being wasted. And then when I saw it on the second watch, the person I saw it with was like, yeah, I saw in an interview that he said he was, like, fucking blacked out drunk for most of this movie. And I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, method acting. <laughs> I, I truly hope that they both were. Because I, I just... It's hard to tell, because Willem Dafoe seems like he would be that kind of drunk. Like, a very, like... G- goes off when he wants to, but like can be very like solemn and like, <laughs> yeah. I I do love um the thing that's happened after like post parasite or not parasite, but I do love the thing that's happened post lighthouse coming out. Um, sorry, I just edited parasite like. Yeah, no, that's that's hours. fair. Yeah. Uh, the thing I like about lighthouse coming out is people treating Willem Dafoe like a teddy bear now. Uh, because like that's he not even is his cute, and that's not even his character in the film. Like that's no. what makes that so much funnier. It's not his character in any of his <laughs> movies. He's always like a crazy piece of shit. But like in in real life, he is just so adorable. Um, the interviews he did for Lighthouse are like really sweet. Yeah, like, and it's like I mean that's he he to me he's always come off like a guy who's a fantastic actor and plays an incredible like monster, uh, mm-hmm. but has like a very real sense of empathy to the way he brings to his roles, which makes him play a very good monster. Yeah. It's kind of like how Tim Heidecker is really good at playing Alex Jones types. <laughs> <laughs> because he hates them so much. Because he just hates them so much that he just knows them so intimately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I see that. I absolutely see that. Um, yeah, obviously, like, his performance was fucking great. Uh, but it also, yeah, it created this whole situation where, like, the interview where they're talking about the homosexual overtones of the of the movie and, and Willem Dafoe... Sorry to sorry to steal this line, but no, it's no, like please. The best and answer anyone has ever gotten in, given in an interview uh, about your gay movie, where it's like, yeah, sometimes dudes just get drunk and make out. Yeah, he's <laughs> just just openly he's like, yeah, that happens. <laughs> no, no further comment. Doesn't go any further if that line. He's like, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Uh, also, it's like one of the favorite lines in an interview where, like, as they're discussing the homoerotic returns at the start of it, you know, like they're both kind of giving like very like like Willem Dafoe and Robert Eggers are both giving kind of like very like. Ah, astute kind of like thoughts about like here's like here's here's a here's that gay shit, and then Robert Pattinson just like I don't know, I thought it was pretty explicit. The script says the lighthouse looks like a big dick. <laughs> God, I want to read the script so bad. And then like Robert Pattinson being like, yeah, I, I played this character as a dude who just wants like a daddy, like a gay like BDSM daddy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is like, if you know who drama mean is. Uh, the exact gaze of a drama mean drawing. <laughs> oh yeah, we absolutely we love drama mean here. Go drama mean this... is mo- is modern gay art. Yeah, no, mo- that's true. Actually, I like drama mean really is kind of t- carrying the Tom of Finland torch. Yeah, Tom of uh, Finland, Robert Maplethorpe. Um, I'm trying to think of some other uh, like specifically known for like their kind of erotic art. Uh, like, I I would say, um, oh god. Gingori Tagame, but like can yeah, well like Gingori Tagame before alt uh, alt lit dudes decided that they were into Gingori Tagame. <laughs> yeah, as like a, as like a fashion statement. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, really? Do you jerk off to the comics that he did about scat porn? No, you don't. <laughs> did you? Uh, it's like like oh, it's really interesting how he did this like you know this piece about a man getting shot in the balls of an arrow, and it's like yeah, because he thinks it's hot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because he's a homosexual. Uh, the, the sort of, the same sort of, same sort of vein of like, 
you know, erotic St. Sebastian art over the years where mm-hmm. it's, 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 you can trace the line from that to like Robert Maplethorpe to like <laughs> Dramamine to <laughs> the lighthouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, we love all, we love all culture that, uh, proselytizes the value of the value of having a daddy uh, <laughs> uh crucially like i, I the, the 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 gay the 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 gay death drive is what it's called in queer theory oh i would or or in colloquial terms snuff horny <laughs> <laughs> so yeah well, like what do we know any i mean like i don't know I'm, i the, the most obvious the most obvious text about that would be The Queer Art of Failure by Jack Halberstam mm. or Jay Halberstam at the time, maybe. Mm. I, don't, I don't know which name it's published under. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> J. By J. Jonah Jameson. By J. Jonah Jameson Halberstam. Um, and I mean, it's this fucking, God, the fucking scene where Will, where he turns Willem Dafoe into his pup. God. What? I, that happened, and I actually, like, when I saw the movie again... Was like I knew that that happened, but it was like, you know how like in the in, in like it when they try to like remember the scary things that happened, they feel like they're remembering a dream, but they know it happened for real. <laughs> That's what it felt like recalling that scene. <laughs> like I had to see it again because I was like, "There's no way like it happens." Like I think it happens. No, it happens exactly. Yeah, there's there's a scene where Robert Pattinson turns Willem Dafoe into his pup, makes him bark, and then walks him like a dog, and it's like. Come on. <laughs> Come on, I guess. <laughs> fucking, like, uh, so beautiful. It, like, so so pornographic, really. The, the, the follow-up of him pushing him into the ground and starting to bury him, and how great... I, I watched it both times, and it was so hard to focus on the monologue because I was just watching Willem Dafoe's face and seeing flickers of Willem Dafoe, the actor, break through every time dirt hit him in the face. <laughs> and just knowing that up, like, off-state screen, Robert Eggers is like, okay, hit him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get the dirt in his mouth. Get the dirt in his mouth. I, I, want so you to get, I want you to get the dirt in his mouth. Okay, now put it on his chest so he thinks it's safe. Back in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. The fucking, like, quote where Robert Eggers is like, some people say the fist fight is hotter than than if they were to make out. I don't know if I agree, but I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, you do. You agree. I mean, and like, also, it is. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's it's what the movie is. It's, it's just them, like, sublimating all of this weird intimacy into, like, kind of not, like, ways that they can understand it less and, like, create animosity between each other more. But... It's also very loving. The line where it's like queer, queer way to wear your shoes is such is such a funny line. Oh God! And they like, just didn't want to wake you, but like perched over him, <laughs> just like I yeah. I'm also obsessed with all the ways that they made Robert Pattinson's body look like a weird like deep sea creature. Yeah. Like, oh, the lighting is so. When he's jerking off and you just, all you get is like a side view of his like ribs and his like arched back and he's just like, and his like, cakes and his fucking yeeks. Dude. <laughs> what I, what I like is that like, it definitely feels like they part, he partially cast Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson on the grounds that he's like, I want two actors where if I use intense lighting on their face, it will make them look like a fucking cliffside monster. <laughs> The scene where he delivered, where Willem Dafoe delivers that like monologue about Neptune and he's like lit underneath and it's just like the camera can barely focus on him because his face is just so like grotesquely distorted by the light. Yeah. That's such a good like visual theme in the film too is like light and shadow like destroying people's faces basically. Yeah, there's a lot of what the like the movie kind of plays with whether whether Willem Dafoe's character is even human or real. Yeah. Um, 
And the fact that they do so much with the lighting that just turns his face into a beard and two, like, wide-ass eyes that are just, like, piercing out through, <sighs> through like, a bush. You know what I mean? Like So good. Yeah, so, like, that's another thing in the film. Like, I mentioned gaslighting is a big theme in the film. Mm-hmm. And what I like about this film is that it's very hard to pinpoint any sense of what is real and what isn't. So to yeah. an extent, everything is a metaphor. Uh, but that's gay. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but it's like, so they even include a line where it's like, Willem Dafoe is like, oh, I bet I'm not even here right now. You're probably just out wandering the tundra of Canada after killing Winslow uh, mm-hmm. and imagining this all out of guilt. So like, even right at the gate, they're like, hey, ending explained fuckers. <laughs> what if this is what's going on? But... I realized on a second watch that that could also be a hint at, like, another possible interpretation of the film. And I'm not saying this in a, like, ending explained way. I'm saying this in a, like, this is is a texture of the film because the film deals a lot with, like, identity slippage. Where there's even a possibility that uh, Tom is actually Winslow. And that he did die. Because what you see at the end of the film is he's, like, mangled up. Yeah. Um, but he's just washed ashore, ashore somewhere. But there's fog encroaching all around him in a way where you can't tell where he is. Yeah. So you don't know if he's on the lighthouse island. Yeah, because he, in 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 the sort of like narrative of the film, he like dies in the lighthouse and then all of a sudden he's on a shore and there's no lighthouse to be found. Yeah, it's it's just fog and he's surrounded by by seagulls. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just, like, the seagulls are, like... leaves it open for interpretation. And the seagulls are pecking at him and pulling at him, which mm-hmm. is, like, a recurring theme in the film as well. So it's like, oh, is this, like, this character is, like, the light... Everything in the lighthouse isn't real and he's dead as, because seagulls are actually pecking at him and that's why he has such a hostile relationship to them in the film. Yeah. Um, and, again, it's like, I don't think that's necessarily, like, the intention of the film. I don't think that's a thing. But uh, the reason I was like, that could be it is because of the scene where... Robert Pattinson, you know, finds the body of Winslow and he flips it over and Winslow is Robert Pattinson. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, and so, like, because, like, that's another thing in the film where there's identity slippage is there's the fact that they're both named Tom. Right. Oh, yeah. And, like, in the scene when uh, Winslow, Tom, is trying to confess what it is, he is like, I need to tell you something. He's like, I'm Tom. And then Thomas goes, like, I'm Tom. No, 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 I'm Tom. Then I'm Winslow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it fits. It and, works. like, yeah, when, when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, wait, like, this line is, like, way cuter because now it's, like, him, like, having fun and not realizing that he's, like, he's trying to confess that he, like, maybe murdered somebody. Yeah. Hmm. Um, which, like, that's, like, another thing where it's, like, weird identity slippage and what's real and what's, like, known and what isn't actually known is that... Willem Dafoe mentions that earlier in the film, like before any of this comes up, like before that scene happens, he has a line where he's like, oh, like, as long as you don't go crazy and try to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Like he brings that up as a recurring thing a lot, which suggests that he knows that before Robert Pattinson's character ever tells him. Damn. Um, And that's like the other thing is like, you know, there's there's things in the film where in the text of what we see, we see Willem Dafoe gaslight. Yeah. Uh, Robert Pattinson's character. Like, we see him lie to him. We see him, like, you know, try to fuck with his sense of what's real and what isn't. Um, and there's a really good scene. There's a really good scene. So the part 
uh, you know, where he chases uh, Winslow, with an, or we're just going to call him Winslow and Tom for convenience sakes. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. where he ca- chases Winslow with the axe and then immediately after is like, you've gone crazy. You've gone crazy. That's why you smashed up the boat uh, and chased me with an axe. Yeah. Um, and what I like about that is that, like the thing is, though, that is immediately preceded, though, by Robert Pattinson trying to piece together what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so he's like, I found the head of your old, like your old employee. You murdered him because you have a mistress in the lighthouse. And I don't know who she is, but I know there's someone up there that you're hiding from me. Mm. Uh, And that's when he's like, Oh, you've gone crazy. Like you've like, it's all this, all, all this, sea life has gotten into your brain or whatever. (laughs) Uh, And that's when he gaslights him about chasing him with an axe. Yeah. And the thing I like about that is that does double duty of also gaslighting the audience because it makes, because like when, when, when Robert Pattinson delivers all that, you assume that that's Robert Pattinson going crazy. That like, you know, he didn't, he imagined finding a body because he's been imagining things and there isn't a woman in the lighthouse. That's just like him trying to figure out what's going on at the lighthouse. Mm -hmm. But then when, Willem Dafoe says that on the second watch. I was like, wait, is he saying that because what Robert Pattinson just said is true and he's trying to cover it up? Did he murder his previous coworker? <laughs> is there someone in the lighthouse that he's fucking? It's he's certainly getting fucked in some way. In the he's lighthouse. fucking something in the lighthouse. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, I do. I do love that. Um, and I do love uh, I, I and I feel that there's a sort of like people who kind of have a very literal view of like reading films um, could kind of respond and be like, well, then what does any of this fucking matter if none of it's real? And like, of course the purpose is it's like a folk tale. It's an emotional appeal about how like guilt is really hard to live with. Uh, And, and And, and I I also like guilt and isolation are very difficult to live with. And the experiences of self-isolating through guilt. Yeah, absolutely. And all of this stuff were, um, I, like, I think it further kind of speaks to the idea that Willem Dafoe is sort of not, not even necessarily a figment, but just a, this sort of important archetype that's like maybe real, maybe not real to Robert Pattinson's character where like, uh, the whole why'd you spill your beans thing is just like, why, why did you tell me? Yeah. Why the fuck, why the fuck did you tell me? Why did you put this on me? Um, Especially because, like, in that scene, he's like, don't tell me. He's like, yeah. I don't want to know. He's like, there's one thing I can't stand and people gets drunk and it's guilt. <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like i don't want you to put that on me so that you feel better because it's just gonna make me feel worse <laughs> yeah absolutely so it's it's yeah it, it really serves uh to kind of kind of paint uh like a really a really detailed picture of uh of the, of the specific type of like guilty isolation that that the movie's dealing with um and yeah it's it's, it's like the, the way I always approach films like this is, like, everything you see on screen is literal, is actually literally happening in some perspective. Yeah. And so it's not that, like, it's all in the character's head. It's that, like, no, it's, like, the, the implicit thing that, like, everything you're seeing is literal, but also everything you're seeing is essentially a projection of characters' perspectives Absolutely. and minds. So it's, like, what you were seeing of Willem Dafoe's character is literal I, in that he is actually there, but he is also definitely a projection of, like, all of Robert Pattinson's psychology. Yeah. <laughs> like regardless of like anything he does or says in the film, it's he is he's the embodiment of like all of Winslow's insecurities, all of his guilt and all of his desires. Yeah. Which is for a strong mean dad <laughs> to punish and reward him. <laughs> <laughs> Which I love when he brings home with that one line where he's like, "You're not my fucking boss, you're not this, you're not that." And then for no reason, he's like, "And you're not my daddy." <laughs> 
And you're just like, okay. Because, like, like even when... He never said he was that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, Defoe even has, like, this flicker on his legs. Like, okay, didn't bring your dad into this at all. Don't know why you're bringing that guy up. <laughs> this is just all of a sudden a very strange energy that you're bringing yeah. here. <laughs> why did you say that? What did yeah. you mean by that? <laughs> what did he mean by that? In an interview, um, Robert Eggers was like, yeah, I tried to make a very Freudian and Jungian film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, there's a lot of, like, very blatant, like, boner jokes in the film. Like, the fact that Winslow is a woodsman is, like, also a boner joke. Um, <laughs> and the scene when he's, like, jerking off and, like, trying to think of fish pussy so that he's not thinking of men. Uh, one of the things that he imagines works both as, like, an intrusive, anxious thought about possibly killing Winslow. Um, mm. And also is him imagining Winslow from behind and then him thrusting a sphere <laughs> into Winslow's back. Yeah, there was some imagery played with where they're like, the guy that you, the guy that you killed, maybe you had a crush on. Yeah, like you might have like, because like there's also the running line that like first he accuses um, Tom when he's getting drunk of like, I know what you want from me, like I know what you're doing, and he's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then he reveals later that, like, that's something Winslow had said to him when they were isolated before he died was just like, Damn. I know what you're doing. Like, I know what you want from me. So there's definitely an implication that, like, Robert Pattinson maybe has a long history of trying to have sex with older men that he works under. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. And Willem Dafoe's character is just like, all right, like, chill, bro. <laughs> bro, there's nothing gay about fucking on the lighthouse. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking normal. Come on. I mean, he even, he even says, like, at, at that point, he thinks that the little mermaid jerk offering that he has, mm-hmm. he thinks that's, like, a cursed object that Willem Dafoe's yeah. character put on him to make him, like, obsessed with lust. Oh. So it's very much so like, you're making me horny. I'm not horny. You're making me horny. <laughs> you're the one that's making me horny. It's your fault. Uh, God. You and your supple ass cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, um, I mean, like, this movie, uh, uh kind of fo- kind of following in the vein of Parasite has a really good, like, curse that is levied on someone. Like, there's that whole monologue in the center point of the movie that Willem Dafoe gives about, like, you you don't like me lobster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me <Yeah>. lobster? <laughs> like, if you don't like my cooking, you should, you deserve to be torn apart by seagulls on the docks. Forever. And, and disemboweled forever. Well, looking... Reduced down to literally nothing but the sea. Yeah. Like, that's the ending line. Is like, not even any trace of Winslow no more. Winslow no longer but the sea. God. I, it, you know, it'd be like that. Just totally just like, I'm going to negate your entire existence and identity. Which, again, ties into the whole drama meme thing. <laughs> <laughs> which is very hot. Yeah, uh... The most the most sexual thing of all, Oblivion. Yeah. And Millennials love Oblivion. <laughs> I, who who doesn't, honestly? Who who come on. Who doesn't fetishize death and nothingness? If you don't fetishize death, get the fuck out. Yes. Real ones only. Unsubscribe. <laughs> um no, this movie is like I, I, I don't want to oversell, like, the gay, the queer content, because I think people are going to go and expecting just nonstop fucking and sucking and glory holes everywhere. Sure. Uh, it's very much so, it's more of a cerebral version of fucking and sucking and glory holes everywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, like, there's also, as when it comes to, like, male homosexuality, there's all sorts of different, like, layers of engagement um, with that. Uh, there's, like, 
dudes there, there's like so many dudes who fuck dudes who aren't out like yeah yeah no yeah. that's true yeah the, the whole dl trade straight yeah. which i think like 20 dollars is 20 dollars yeah, 20 bucks is 20 bucks <laughs> like and i think in 20, 2019 there's like less of that guy who's just like yeah, I, f- I fuck dudes, but I'm like straight, and it's more it's it's more dudes who are kind of just like having this Bjork like sort of like pie and cake, yeah, you know, sort of just <laughs> bi- like I- implicit bisexuality, uh, but also kind of not just in not like putting themselves under the queer umbrella, um, which is always always interesting. Yeah, there's a lot less Roy Cones and a lot less Rough Trade. I mean, there are definitely still you know depending on where you go. Sure. But there's definitely a lot of like, God, I remember when I was living in Connecticut meeting a dude who told me that like, he was like a gay dude. He was like, yeah, in college, I like fucked around a lot. Never with a straight, never with a gay man. <laughs> always with straight dudes. It was always with straight dudes. He was in like a frat and just like, he was like, yeah, straight dudes, like they would get drunk and they would want. And that the wildest part is he was a top. What? So he would top straight men in college. He's living the king's dream. Right? Yeah. I was like, I'm... What college? (laughs) I'm going back to school. Uh, Yeah, no. It's it's such a weird... Especially once you add in, like, modern uh, gender politics stuff. Since I know a lot of trans men who have had the experience of a dude who is straight, but is, like... You know, basically the version of like straight but fucks men, but like has this weird thing yeah. where it's like, yeah, you have a beard and very clearly look like a man, mm-hmm. but I'm giving myself plausible deniability here because I'm topping. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or also, you know, if you're topping, you know, you're not fucking me with like like a dick that has cum in it, <laughs> so it's fine. So it's, it's the fine. cum that makes it gay. <laughs> yeah. Which, of course, as we all know, if you're a dude and you fuck trans dudes. You're still fucking dudes. Yeah. You're gay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, just to clarify that, it's like, it's. I just know, like, a lot of trans men who have had the experience no. of, like, being treated as a lesser man. I Absolutely. And therefore a more acceptable target. And, like, as, as much as that, like, sounds and feels like transphobia, it's a little bit more complicated because some of us are trans and have to fuck, and there are a lot of chasers out there. Yeah. Uh, and um, the experiences the experience has a lot more to do with like pulling someone more gay more gay of center than kind of acquiescing to their like weird society brain ideas about what fucking trans people actually means yeah like i don't know bar none like we live this shit (laughs) it's yeah being being trans in 2019 is like you don't gotta you don't gotta understand a lot about deep pathological psychosexual desires. No. But it helps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um But yeah, it's it's the uh, the, the weird straight trade but oh, so I, I was gonna say, I think what I love about um this past year of movies is that we have both a fantastic movie for the gays, mm. uh, Lighthouse, and a fantastic movie for the girls, the favorite. Yeah. And what I love about both is how much they like reveal like how much they tie into the like deep desires of both where the favorite is as debauched as you can get with his <laughs> sexuality. Oh, like yeah. it is the most like like th- th- there's this like mainstream image of what lesbian sexuality is which is very like chaste and like tee-hee. 
um, yeah. uh, let's have like a sleepover. People but when, are so all over the place in their interpretations of lesbianism. Yeah, like like there, there's this assumption that lesbians have very and like you you even see it in like older like political lesbians, which is to say straight women who identified as lesbians for political reasons. Mm. Like you know, like I have a husband. But I'm a political lesbian because I support support the lesbians. Uh, but I don't like them. <laughs> uh, like those types where they would talk about lesbianism as like essentially a sexless thing. Like that's what political lesbianism was. Right. Uh, and then you have the favorite, which is just like. They be fucking. The most like power dynamic, like the raunchiest like fucking is in yeah. that movie. And then you have the lighthouse, which is like the opposite direction where it's like, no, like, you know, people be thinking all gay men care about is lying and sex. But this is... (laughs) And eat hot chip. (laughs) But this is, like, a movie that is, like, all about the thing that so many, like, gay men and, like, fag-adjacent people love. Yeah. Which is the, like, the uh, almost... The almost. (laughs) Yeah. The the, the constant vertical asymptote of approaching desire and, like, uh, the tension. It's the tension. (laughs) Honestly, it's... Yeah, I, I, as as much as like, I don't know, the the sort of mainstream um, call for like more gay media, uh, kind of also needs to understand like, being gay is hard. Yeah, <laughs> be, being gay is like is like hard, and like sometimes we actually just want to watch just the worst shit. Yeah, <laughs> like the worst behaved people. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes like, and and like, I think that these these sort of narratives that come from like a from what i have to presume is kind of like an honest uh exploration of like the good and bad aspects of 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 those desires and like how those play into uh, everybody's life and but it's also like you know really cool honest art that people are making now yeah i mean like not for nothing if straight people can have rick and morty <laughs> can have whatever the fuck we can have whatever the fuck we want yeah yeah fuck you guys you guys uh, watched uh, fucking The Mailbox? What's that Keanu Reeves movie called? The Lake House? The Lake House. <laughs> the one about the time-traveling letter? Yeah. Yeah, that's The Lake House. Cool. That one. Fuck you guys. <laughs> you guys fucking watched Remember Me, the movie of Robert... You made Robert Pattinson play a heartthrob hunk who gets killed in 9-11, and that's like the <laughs> most romantic gesture possible. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> what a different time. We're just, like... I'm so glad Robert Pattinson is, is finally, like able to move out of the shadow of edward cullen him and case do both yeah have moved out of their twilight shadows and i'm very proud because they're both phenomenal actors absolutely uh kristen stewart has a bunch of incredible roles uh all over the place in her recent filmography personal shopper is one i saw that i fucking love clouds of sales maria knocked me on my ass it was so fucking good um i've talked to you about it i said lizzie borden is like a bad movie but she plays like a fumbling like anxious butch in it and it's really it's like a really good turn i love her i love case too uh and we love robert pattinson I love good old bobby patty uh, <laughs> good old, well what did you say his middle name was we found out is he has like three like okay. fa- he has like a fake ass sounding name yeah he has like a jrr tolkien ass name it's like uh oh that's that's robert eggers who has who a has normal name a normal who name. sounds like a disney ceo yeah <laughs> uh Hit Robert uh, Robert Pattinson's full name is Bob Doug Tom Pat, which is which is a sentence. Uh, so, <laughs> congratulations, Robert Pattinson, on having a name that is a sentence. This, was his parents just like this kid's gonna be a star, but he's gonna want to choose what name he's gonna have? So we'll just give him five. <laughs> uh, he can one mix of these will match. work. Yeah, one of these. One of these will take off. One if he gets these... caught in some sort of scandal, he could just swap him out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Uh, cannot wait for his turn as Batman. Yeah, it's gonna be an unbelievable. The fact that they're talking to Colin fucking Farrell to play the Penguin. That's oh god, the... it's so... It's gonna be so good. It's gonna be porn, and yeah. it's gonna be great. Um, oh yeah, so like, uh, I, I, I realized I was talking about the, 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 mm, the tension. Uh-huh. Uh, we watched, I, I got Mia to watch a bunch of Gregory Key films recently. Oh yeah. Uh, and I, I did, I noticed that like, that's a big theme in his work and, and both the Doom Generation and Nowhere, uh, James Duvall basically plays this, the, the platonic nineties ideal of a bisexual himbo. Damn. Uh, and in both movies, it's like very just like constantly about to reach the vertical asymptote of being gay. And then like uh, in Doom Generation, it ends in him getting massacred. Spoilers. It ends in him getting massacred by like a Nazi gang, mm. which is weird. Uh, and then in Nowhere, also spoilers, it ends in his like his literal heterochromia boy crush in the whole film like two different colored eyes like a fucking furry uh (laughs) like boy crush in the film climbs into his window naked and is like i was abducted by aliens and they like lay in bed together cuddling and it's very sweet and he's like he's like can i stay here till morning and he's like only if you promise to never leave and it's very like like teen gay boy fantasy uh and then (laughs) his crush explodes into an alien cockroach. She goes, I'm out of here, and climbs back out the window. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I need to watch all of Gregorakis. Nowhere and the Doom Generation are, like, so good. Nowhere is, like, I would say a lot uh, better of a film, Mm. but the Doom Generation is, like, Meeks' favorite film. It's They're they're both incredible to watch. Um, If you also want to see another... It has less to do with The Lighthouse, but another movie about... uh, that's. Kind of touches on homosexual desire in a really interesting way. Check out Poison by Todd Haynes. Uh, oh, I've been meaning to watch that. It's it's like a three-in-one movie where there's like three different narratives that are completely different but happening at the same time. It fucking blew me away. It's like one of my favorite movies uh, I've ever seen. Nowhere is basically, it's like a bunch of vignettes where it's like all these characters whose lives intersect uh, on their way to a party, which is like, not explicitly, but kind of like, like once you realize that the the party is essentially a metaphor for heaven, oh. uh, because they're they're both part of his Teen Apocalypse trilogy. So all the characters in the film essentially like have this like nihilistic Gen X like idea of like, oh, the world is ending. Like the world is right. going to end. We are all going to die. We're probably going to live to see all of us die. So they just are very like apathetic to the things that happen around them. Hmm. Uh, it's very, very interesting. Um, they're both very, very, very uh, upsetting films. <laughs> they both right. deal with some like real fucking rough, like rough themology. So, do not go into them if you have um, if you have like not like a delicate sensibility. That sounds like a condescending way to them. Don't go to them if you're not in a mental place to deal with like real, real upsetting shit. Yeah, because they they both deal with like some pretty upsetting things. Well, I'm always ready. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, 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 you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, the thing to know to go into it is that there's a character in nowhere. There's a character who is just credited as Teen Heartthrob, and the actor's name is misspelled, uh, and they never say who he is. Uh, he was one of the main characters on Baywatch, and he is basically playing himself. So they never say that his name. There's just a part where he goes to introduce him to someone, and she goes like, "I know who you are. I've seen you on TV." <laughs> All right. Uh, and that's that, that's thematically important uh, because he ends up being a monster. <laughs> Damn. Uh, hey. Very, very, very fun films. I started watching the first one in the trilogy, trilogy Totally Fucked Up, which is like a fake documentary. Mm-hmm. And is very like, 
is is the more explicitly gay of the three and that it's just like all the main characters are just like gay like teens who are like depressed mm. uh, and it's pretty fun from what I watched but I didn't get to finish it yet alright well we love Gregor Aki we love gay movies we love gay movies we love The Lighthouse we Lighthouse love fucking rules. Willem Dafoe yeah more like Willem Dafriend <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> um, he should change his name. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, we, were yeah. talk- we were talking to uh, someone recently about this, and we were talking about how Robert Pattinson is a weird face guy. And she was like, I don't know. I think he's still very, like, very, like, handsome. Like, he's still got that, like, teen handsomeness. And I was like, okay. But Willem <laughs> Dafoe is a weird face guy. Go look up old photos of him. He's, he's- a fucking babe he was like, a dreamboat yeah like when he was robert pattison's age he had like fucking like brad pitt ass like fucking hot yeah uh and i was like robert pattison is gonna have the same arc because he's got the cheekbones there you know he's gonna have a weirder face as he gets older and he's mm-hmm. gonna be the weird face guy actor yeah he's gonna grow into it and he's yeah. gonna he's gonna rock it uh just like willem dafoe rocks it every single day um two of our faves two it, it's so nice when we have people uh, who make movies whom we actually like. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many that we hate. <laughs> Even when we like their work, we hate them. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's not so much to, for us to sit here and be like, these people that we don't know are good people. Um, they're probably not. But... They're probably pieces <laughs> of shit. Uh, but um, We like their work, and they're they're pretty good at keeping the mask on. Yeah, and the, the interviews that they give are funny. They make me laugh, and I like them. <laughs> I like them. I like their em. movies. I will go see... Kristen Stewart, I will go see your ripoff of Alien, but underwater, called Underwater. <laughs> I, pro- I, I might not. I don't know. It looks, oh, we'll it looks real bad. But <laughs> it's it is. It's it's her doing a Ripley, which is like, oh, that's such Kinda a good high. pitch. That's such a good pitch. But the movie looks like fucking dog shit. All right. Well, <laughs> the bird murder scene. Yeah, I was just thinking that. It's so. Ugh. It's so. I think it's the fact that, like, you don't expect it, and then when it starts, you don't expect it to go on for as long as it is, and you just keep smashing it until it's literally unrecognizable. Yeah, I mean, like, there's this weird thing where, like, the whole scene starts off with him looking into the cistern and seeing, like... A, a dead bird. A dead bird. And then the other one... I, I think I think it's trying to say, like, that kind of his guilt complex is uh, interpreting a lot of external... Uh, a lot of external stimulus is like kind of blaming him or like uh, putting 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 a focus on him, uh, where like he just kind of doesn't want to be seen, looked at, uh, accused. Um, he's talked like, to. The, the whole point of being on this island is that he's running away. Yeah. Um, so... the, the island is it's it's basically Silent Hill. Yeah, this is basically a Silent Hill movie. (laughs) There's so much fucking fog. It looks like fucking Silent Hill. It looks like it's a regular Silent Hill out here. (laughs) Honestly, it's more Silent Hill than almost any recent Silent Hill shit. It it really is. Like I said that kind of as a joke, but I thought about it. And it's like, no, it really is just like he runs away (laughs) to a deserted area. To a deserted He he has a mysterious backstory. And then as it's revealed, he has a backstory he has a ton of guilt about. Because either he murdered someone or basically watched somebody die and then didn't care. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then e- even if he didn't kill the guy, you know, he has guilt because he wanted to kill the guy. And then he watched the guy die and was like, you know, th- th- that guilt of like, did I do this? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's a lot of... Um... God, I didn't even think about like, he, the way in which like a big th- theme of his character is questioning his responsibility in a person's death. 
Yeah. Yeah, and it just so much of so much of like his reactions to everything that's happening on the island cuz like a lot of the movie is just like why can't you just act normal? You're here to do a job. Yeah. Just be normal. And and swap dog. And yeah, absolutely. And he's like he's like trying really really hard, but like because of his just totally unbelievable unchecked guilt complex, everything just feels like it's everything feels like its eyes are on him. Uh, and oh, which ties into the lighthouse theme with the yeah. light. Uh. Yeah. So like he, what, and it's, I, I feel, I feel that that kind of, it speaks to something about the human condition where like you, you feel guilty and all of a sudden it feels like everybody is judged during executioner. You know what I mean? Um, so that's like an, a really interesting texture to the movie that I love. Oh, so good. Such a good movie. It's a fucking good movie, dude. I, it's, I like it. It, it is. This is like one of those films I definitely can see myself like revisiting every like couple year or two mm-hmm. and like getting something different out of it because of like the the level of like different emotions that it deals with in the film. Yeah. Uh, a small character thing and I don't know if this was Robert Pattinson fucking up or not. Mm. Um when he gets drunk his accent is all over the fucking road. Yeah. But the reason I don't know if it's an accident or not is because we learn early on that he's basically been job hump, hump, job hopping and then he lived in Canada originally. Mm. So the implication is that because he's been working blue collar jobs and he's constantly like, the, like Willem Dafoe calls out like at the very start, like you're putting on an affect of being this like quiet, solitary seaman. But like, I know that's bullshit. You're you're a pretty boy. Yeah. Like he straight up calls him like you're too pretty for this role that you're trying to play. Yeah. Uh, and so like Which I kind of took yeah, well, it's, it's a cute little flirt. It's, it's, <laughs> he blushes. No, um, thank you. But it's like I I I definitely interpreted that as like oh okay so like every job he enters he tries to perform what he thinks that that kind of job is which he projects later onto Willem Dafoe where he's like you're putting on an accent nobody fucking talks the way you're talking which is (laughs) really funny (laughs) yeah which is also like kind of projecting yeah it's it's him projecting his own so so in the scenes where his accent keeps slipping like when he gets like wasted in the in the in the the lobster scene Mm -hmm. he's like slipping into a Boston accent and the first time I watched it I was like oh that's like Robert Pattinson's too drunk in the scene and like fucked up the the, the accent because it's a hard accent to do I assume yeah but I was like no actually that's probably his character like you could interpret it as like that's his character fucking up the accent yeah. like that's his character like as he's losing control of his functions like he's sliding through into all of these identities that he's put on over the years and he's like not able to keep them straight because it, it Matt it's in the same scene where he fucks up and says Foreman Winslow yeah interesting that I, that's really that's really fucking interesting. Like God, I really want to watch this again. It's it's really worth watching again. Like I guess I I feel like I'll probably go see it again at some point just because it's like, if not in theaters, like when it's as soon as it's out. Because I feel like there's probably like a lot of like textured stuff that like you 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 can get on another watch. That's how you know a movie's good <laughs> is when you can watch it again and there's like not just like oh I didn't notice that in this scene. The people go past Tyler Durden and they don't say hi to him, but they say hi to Edward Norton. It's like it's shit you don't notice where it's like, oh, this like ties a lot into like the characters like psychology. And like these are like little ticks that they have early on that kind of reveal that. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I, I found something. Apparently the lighthouse like not like really happened literally, but the, but it specifically like the Wikipedia article specifically links off to an event of uh, of of like a two man team of something happening that it seemed as though it was beckoning. 
Oh, that sounds really uh, good. Okay, hold on. Okay, yeah. Summar- so, summarize this event. So basically, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna. So the lighthouse uh, movie like links off to a Wikipedia article. Here's here's the kind of Cliff Notes paragraph. Uh, it's called the Smalls Lighthouse. Uh, the old lighthouse brought a change in policy in 1801 after a gruesome episode. There was a two man team of two men named Thomas who were known to quarrel. Wait, they were both named Thomas. Yeah, that's really that's okay. <laughs> one of them was Thomas Howell, and the one the other one was Thomas Griffith. Um, which I don't think is Thomas uh, Howard is the name of yeah. uh, Robert Pattinson's character, and Thomas Wake is uh, William Defoe's. Uh, so it, it would appear it would appear that it might be lightly based on this. Um, so the one of the Thomases dies in a freak accident. Other Tom uh, is like, man, people are gonna think I killed him if I put the body out to sea or if I get rid of the body. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna like put it in a coffin and uh, kind of like chuck it. Like lashed it to an outside shelf. Stiff winds blew the box apart, though, and the body's arm fell within view of the hut's window and caused the wind to catch it in such a way that it seemed as though it was beckoning. Oh! Working alone and with the decaying corpse of his former colleague outside, Howell managed to keep the lamp lit. When Howell was finally relieved from the lighthouse, the effect of the situation had had on him uh, was said to be so extreme that some of his friends did not recognize him. Uh, as a result, lighthouse teams were changed to rosters of three men. <laughs> So, boy, oh boy, some shit really happened in the past. Yeah, um, and I, that makes sense. Like that, that 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 would be an inspiration for this film of just this idea of like, yeah, you put two people on an island, and it's like, that's it, that's isolation. Yeah. They're gonna go insane. Yep, absolutely. And there's also this other touch, like of what you were talking about, where uh, Robert Pattinson's character uh, Winslow is being like really evasive about his his like identity, uh, and like switching accents and like all of the shit. He says at one point that he's like driving. And it, but like the time place, we th- we we all looked at each other and we we're like, when the fuck does this movie take place? Yeah. Um. And the idea, we I think somewhere like it's early. It's it's late eighteen hundreds, so like eighteen nineties, like right. into the start. It's it's after the publication of Moby Dick. Mm-hmm. Um. But it is before like the nineteen hundreds, so it, it has to be within the time window of eighteen ninety to the nineteen hundreds. Which implies that he was driving like a Model T. Or yeah. something, which like two people had. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh so yeah, just like a a bunch of really fun touches with this character that all that all are like really they all kind of like jive with each other in these complicated, conflicting ways, but it's like really interesting. Um it, it suggests a, a level of like weird, like they're they are out of time and place. Like they're they're embodying an era, but they are like quite literally like removed from reality essentially <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so it's it's yeah and it's not so much that the film is giving like a historical account as much as it's using the past as this sort of uh like a texture yeah or as okay. like a backdrop it's like an as a, yeah. as a hook to hang ideas on because of what it connotates yeah definitely so cool shit cool what a movie. good uh what a good movie Fuck yeah. Go check it out. Go check it out. Drink some gasoline. Bring bring your little cup of gasoline and honey. <laughs> bring your kerosene tanks. I love the bit where, like, they show Robert Pattinson lifting all, like, that huge thing of kerosene up to the top of the lamp. And he's just like, he's like, you dumbass. You're supposed to bring this. Anyway, bring that back down. <laughs> like, very clearly heard him coming up and was just waiting for him to get to the top to tell him, like, by the way, you're an idiot. Take it back down. <laughs> We love an abusive relationship. I mean, if it's well written. (laughs) (laughs) 
And it's what the movie does, you know, the movie doesn't romanticize it. It doesn't say that it's good. It shows that it's bad. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. It's fine. It's Movies fine. Hold, have to hold your fucking hand and wipe your nose for you and tell you <laughs> things that are clearly bad if you have a basic fucking moral system are bad. And the movie does that. But it also says. <laughs> <laughs> what if What if they were nice to each other and did kiss and did I've said this so many times. I cannot wait for the Fajoshis to find this film. I know people hate Fajoshis, but I'm like, this is like tailor-made. We love Fajoshis I said people, not not us. (laughs) Um, But people, this is like tailor-made for them. Just like scummy, older, like scummy age gap, gross men. (laughs) Yeah. Who have like a shitty, unhealthy relationship dynamic where you just like, what if they just kissed each other and were nice instead? (laughs) I, yeah, the Pics of Tag is... It's going it to be lit. If it isn't already going off, it had better start. A lot of movies this year where people fall from a great height and shatter both their legs. Yeah. And some of that. <laughs> who's, t- who's, who's, who's peeking on whose notes for that one? <laughs> it's scary. It's scary. It's, don't break my legs. I don't break my legs. <laughs> I do love that that's a horrifying scene, and then they show Robert Pattinson falling all the way down the lighthouse stairs. <laughs> Yeah. Which is so cartoonish. It, it's it's very, it's very Scooby Doo. Yeah, that yeah that whole ending. I I was really I was kind of really wondering where that touch would lead. Um, you know what else I just realized with the freak accident thing is that like another possible interpretation. Um, Robert Pattinson is getting shit on by the birds at the end of the film, obviously, because he has splashes of white on his legs. Yeah, but halfway through the film, he also falls from the lighthouse while painting with white paint. Yeah, that's true. And then and then it's like black and then he wakes up and so there's like an implication that like, you know, maybe he didn't actually wake up. <laughs> that's yeah, maybe he was actually Oh gosh, I I I almost wonder if the 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 freak accident like in real life was was, was painting a white house cuz they I I remember reading about the a little bit and they said that they did do a lot of historical research. Yeah. So it's very possible that that was what the freak accident was. But it's, I don't know. That's cool. That's a, that's a cool, like, as much as that's like such a foot footnote historical event of just like two randos, it's like, it's really cool to kind of look at that and uh, want to extrapolate it into something that's it, more poignant. It, I mean, like, it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird historical uh, incident, but it sounds like a fucking like Edgar Allan Poe novel. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it is so fraught with like symbolism and like horrifying ideas and implications and things that you can like extrapolate a full story out of you're out of rations you're out of water and all you can do is like look out your window and see your dead comrade waving waving his hand yeah Yeah. it's like fuck that dude oh that's so good oh god the part the part in the movie where he just goes the rations and they like go and dig up this like (laughs) big box and it clearly takes like hours and then robert madison opens it and it's just alcohol (laughs) (laughs) that was fucking great so good. I mean, like, you know. The rations! <laughs> it's like water, but it's alcohol. Uh, Robert Bettison trying to pee into a into a floating chamber pot because the house has been flooded, and then the second it moves away, him just bending over and puking. <laughs> Ugh. So I'm gonna get to go and see this film if you haven't. It's it's it is the abject. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Mwah. it is so, so grimy, so so disgusting. Uh, we we love to see these famous actors being covered in mud and shit and shit. piss and sweat Literal and water. And piss, yeah. yeah, and fish pussy. Fish pussy. 
love the trend of just putting putting all of these actors through this. Um, one, of my, uh, one of my roommates was like, after we saw this movie, he was like, oh, I now understand what a siren is. Yeah. <laughs> like from this movie, because the siren very clearly like is desire. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it absolutely is sort of like overall representative. Yeah, it, it's kind. It kind of creates this really interesting case where, like, the sort of there's this sort of double meaning that's all of a sudden given to the siren, where it's like, for, for, for like Robert Pattinson's character to be able to envision himself in a meaningful relationship, or like you know to be to be able to be meaningfully intimate with like another person, um, he kind of has to deal with the fact that, like, all... Has to deal with the fact of all external stimulus feeling like it's preying on his guilt complexes. Yeah. Um, and and the use of... The use of this, like, siren mermaid and, like, all of this sea imagery, like, really kind of nicely angles toward that, um, which I think is cool. And the, the first time we see the siren is when he goes out to the beach and he sees a bunch of logs and a body floating in the water. Yeah. Uh, and if we know, and as we learn later, the actual Winslow died because he slipped into basically uh, a river full of logs and was pulled under. Mm. And Robert Pattinson jumps into the water to try to save the person who drowned, which he didn't do, we know, with Winslow. And that's when he sees the siren. <laughs> I fucking love this movie. Yeah, probably, probably my favorite, or at least definitely one of my favorite movies of this year. Yeah, it's it's definitely up there. It's really fucking cool and it's really fun it's gonna be so cool when it gets snubbed at the oscars it's gonna be great it's not gonna get any uh any sound design awards no no i'm like it deserves it 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 deserves a nod somewhere uh not not necessarily from the oscars but from i don't know fucking somebody somebody should just come up and be like hey you made a good the razzies no (laughs) (laughs) the razzies actually it's good award yeah Good actually. <laughs> actually, the Razzies should have a good actually category. It's good actually category. Yeah, it's like, fuck the Oscars. We're just going to start doing this, um, which would be really fun. Uh, yeah. What would you maybe have rather spent your... $15 uh, on? What would you rather have spent your Lighthouse's uh, maintenance worker salary on? You know, I got some data issues. I should... <laughs> <laughs> therapy therapy <laughs> i love how like so many of the movies we love whenever the question is like what would you rather spend it on our answer is always therapy <laughs> <laughs> it's always gonna be it's that. always gonna be therapy yeah <laughs> I, I always wish i had therapy instead of media why not both <laughs> i wish i had spent it on um a pup mask i feel like that would be i feel like that would be like good. a couture one uh well we're talking about fourteen dollars here like I don't know I mean like, the thing is Mr S ones are like super expensive despite looking like the McDonald's of pup masks <laughs> so you could probably find someone who's just good with leather work and do like a decent like well made one I want to do like really fucking stupid bullshit like like Dark Souls pup masks and sell them in my pop up store in the mall probably could I mean maybe not at the mall but like, <laughs> you, you could probably sell shit like that for. Here's the thing I've learned from being around, like, pups and stuff is that, like, if you can make a pup mask that doesn't look like a Mr. S pup head uh, and doesn't look like absolute dog shit, mm-hmm. you could probably sell it for a pretty decent price because they're, they're, the need for pup masks that don't look bad or generic is yeah. very high. <laughs> Absolutely. I if, if, it, if it was, like, an Artorias pup mask, that would be hot. Yeah. Or, like, an Ornstein pup mask. What are you glad you didn't spend your $15 on? 
Um, I'm glad I didn't buy like shitty poppers or something. Poppers that give you headaches. Yeah, the head, the headache poppers. <laughs> headache poppers. <laughs> I don't know. What are you? What are you glad you didn't spend it on? Um. So I did get to see a date. I had a date for the second time I went and saw it, and I'm mm-hmm. glad I didn't spend it on an Uber back because I ended up getting back at a pretty decent hour. Yeah. I almost took an Uber back home because I was like, I don't want to wait for a bus, but I'm glad I did. It was. Yeah, sometimes it was, pl- it was a pleasant little ride home. Waiting for the bus can you know do you know delayed gratification yeah it's like uh, saving saving that money feel good about yourself anyway thank you guys for thank you guys for voting to cut uh public transit funding you really did a great job yeah thanks uh i i my my only prayer like hail mary is like for the love of god will seattle get a better taxation system out of this yeah absolutely i think you know like it's it it sucks because there's like a division where it's like there's like rich assholes who are just like i said i have to pay for the best yeah uh and like those are the people who wanted this the most because those are the ones where it's like they pay like five hundred dollars because they have three cars that are super expensive and that's how the the value is weighed Mm -hmm. and it's like but there's also like i'm sure there's probably people who are like working class who are just like yeah my car tag is too high sorry about our local government politics corner here but like you're paying like exorbitant you know car tabs that are like they're they're definitely misjudging the value of your like used pre-owned car that like came out like maybe your car was released in like 2006 or something and they're they're going off of the value of like a not fucking pre-owned piece of shit that's yeah. broken but like if, it, if you're it, going to get rid of that system of like p- funneling that money toward our public transit structure then we need to have something else in place the problem with it is that like you know they got rid of that thing but they replaced it with a more regressive system which yeah. is a flat tax yeah. Because a flat tax means that the dude who owns a fucking Tesla pays the same for his car tags as you. Yeah. Which is as the as the metaphorical you in the situation. Does that like how does that sound? Okay. Yeah, like like that's like that is what the real problem is, is that like reasonable frustration with the fact that the car tax system out here was like horribly calculated and like kind of fucked over people with like cheaper with like cheap shitty cars that aren't worth the amount that they're mm-hmm. given. That's that is the thing that should have been addressed. Uh, the people who put it on the ballot just don't want to have to pay extra money for their expensive piece of shit cars. They don't want to. They they all are. They all moved here for their east side tech jobs uh, to not have to deal with the city and complain about traffic in the city uh, when they are the fucking traffic. Uh, fuck them. Did you know that Seattle used to have free public transit in until 2012? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, right? Like three years before I moved here. And like, yeah. I know that like, you know, we're recent transplants are relatively. So we have that same or whatever, but like we're recent transplants because we're fleeing, uh, shitty hometowns. <laughs> yeah. Places we're- where like, uh, I, I had to come to Seattle because I had to, I like other than Seattle, I was living in a place where I also couldn't afford a car, but also there were no buses. Yeah. It, it is that, uh, unfortunate thing of like, you know, I moved here because this was, a most stable place and my problem is that a lot of the techies uh move here because this is where they can make the most money at that moment mm-hmm. and they will move somewhere else as soon as they can make more money elsewhere yeah absolutely <laughs> whereas yeah. i moved here and i'm probably not going to move again until i'm driven out of the city Abs- until yeah until i don't have the money to move and i'm <laughs> which is everywhere that i have moved yeah. <laughs> it has been being driven out of it by costs yeah so 
uh, vote Bernie. Yeah, like, vote, when, vote, once vote again. Anyway, Bernie 2020. Bernie. Like, we're just going to keep saying this every episode <laughs> until he fucking gets the nomination. Uh, which he won't. Uh, he, will, mean, he will. He's gonna. He's, he's gonna. gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna here's the thing. I, I, there's, the there's a lot. The there's secret, a certain. The secret, there's a certain. The there's a certain breed of like leftists who's constantly like Bernie's. Do, he made the wrong decision and he's not gonna get it. Fuck you. Stay positive. We can still <laughs> win this. Um, no, my, no, no candidate the, my, is perfect. My, my real negative, uh, Nancy opinion is that he's gonna get it and the Clintons are gonna try to assassinate him. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, dude. Um, Biden's gonna be so embarrassed about his blood vessels bursting out during all the fucking. His like, eyes are gonna fall out. Yeah. <laughs> and kill Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be some of the things. It's gonna. It's, he's gonna go to hug Bernie, and then like spikes are just gonna emerge from his body and yeah. kill Bernie. <laughs> and he's just gonna go like, "I'm taking you with me." <laughs> and yeah. as they descend into the other world, the Democratic debates really need like people to just take the scalpel to their thumb and do like a blood test. <laughs> Like Joe Biden, Joe Biden loses. Uh, fucking Kamala Harris probably loses. Beto O'Rourke just like like rips open his shirt and he's like carved <laughs> these runes into his body and he's just like a curse upon ye <laughs> oh as he smears his blood into a pentagram in the middle of the debate floor. That would be great. God, I wish American politics was that good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for, for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, we're still riding high off that parasite energy. If you can't we tell, re- we really are. We're ready to kill the rich. We're ready to eat them. Because uh, they. I'm hey, problem. remember Bernie 2020? He's our last chance, and he's, and he's your last. Ho- and he's yours too, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to vote for Bernie because I don't. Because I start to wonder uh, how much, how much in my income tax after my income tax I take home. Uh, Says says man with more money than God. (laughs) Just be glad you're taking home all of your blood. Yeah. (laughs) Because if Bernie doesn't win, you know what's happening. Damn, that sucks, bro. Damn, that sucks, bro. What's it like to have a home to go back to? (laughs) Interesting. Which home? (laughs) Yeah, which one do you go back to? Yeah, which home do you go back to? (laughs) Hmm, Maybe I'll choose my Bellevue house. Ooh, but I could visit my Bothell house. Uh. Oh, you know what? I gave that out to some Airbnb kids, so I'll have to evict them. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to evict them really quick. Shoo, 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 shoo. Come on, come on. What, three weeks notice? Ugh, we need to change our rental laws here. They're too They're too permissive. They're... <laughs> anyway, donate to the Landlord Association. <laughs> uh, and thank you for listening to us talk about this wonderful movie. Uh, we're gonna be go see the lighthouse go see parasite go see yeah uh, go see both of these movies stream a24 stan a24 <laughs> Stream A24 on Apple Music. Yeah. Uh, download Canopy from your local library. Uh, yeah. And um, so this month we uh, ran a poll on our Patreon for our Film Critters Throws It Back series. It is a throwback review series where we review movies that have already come out before this year. Before now. Yeah, before <laughs> before a second ago. Yeah. M- m- movies where we're not processing. There's, they've been deprocessed and we are watching <laughs> them to talk about them again. Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, this month we voted. Uh, we had our patrons vote on Bong Joon Ho films, and the host one. The host one, which we're really excited to talk about. We're going to be talking about not just the movie, but the weird distribution history surrounding the yeah. host. Sorry to put Magnolia on blast, um, but they I'm not. they could have done it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Is Magnolia even still around? Fuck you. <laughs> no, they probably aren't. If we're being serious, but I think they are. Um, but. It'll be a fun episode. Yeah, uh, we'll, I'm really know, we'll, excited. Yeah, we'll have fun talking about it. Um, we're always going to be talking about new movies and shit. Yeah, patrons get to hear these three days early. Yeah. Um, so if you're a patron. 
Hey, what's up? What's up? How's it going? Sup? <laughs> Welcome to the clubhouse. Um, and yeah, thanks so much for joining us. We look forward to everything yeah. that we're about to do. Bye. 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 <laughs>